Hi, this is Rich. And this is Kyle. Welcome to episode 70 of Chew the Metal, a podcast where we take a deep dive into a rock or metal album and see if we can learn something. This week, it's Changing Tune by Lower Than Atlantis. Let's get into it. You okay? I am very well. How are you? Yeah, fine. It's much the same. Well, yeah, I guess so. It's been literally zero seconds. any more seconds. shows since I last spoke <laughs> Actually, I did squeeze one in. <laughs> um, I feel like there was something I was going to... Oh, we haven't talked about the fact that there's a new Slipknot song. Oh, we haven't. And I have listened to it, but I have already forgotten it because I've been listening to so much other stuff in the meantime. Yeah. It was really good, I thought. Yeah, I remember it liking like, it. It like sounded like Volume 3 era Slipknot yeah. rather than sort of like more rocky. Slipknot. Mm. Yeah, I remember really liking it as well, which is bad that I don't remember it, but I remember it finishing and being like, excited for this album. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. When is the album? Mm, I don't think they've said. Oh, okay. I also uh, started listening to Mastodon's new album today. I hadn't listened to that yet. Um, oh, I didn't know they had one. Yeah, it just came out recently. Uh, and I say started listening to it because it's 90 minutes long. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that's longer than two. That yeah. won't fit on a CD. It's Apparently it's two CDs. That's why. I just didn't realise until it I Googled is. it. I was like, oh God, how have they done this? God, I better put that on my list of stuff to listen to then. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I, I listened to the first four or five and then I finished work and realised I had to do my notes for the podcast. Anyway, we're here to talk about a band that neither of us knew anything about. Yes, we are. Um, hopefully now we do both know a little bit about them. Otherwise, this is going to be very dull. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know precisely 12 things about them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we didn't know anything genre-wise, mm-hmm. or I guess they're just one of those names that I knew about. It's a cool name. It is a cool name. Do you know where the name came from? Oh, I saw that they were originally called Atlantis, mm-hmm. and something, something about something. They, they, they were called Atlantis, and then they thought, no, that sounds like the kind of covers band that your dad would be in. <laughs> so they tried, tried to make it heavier, so they called it Lower Than Atlantis. Well, okay. Yeah. Uh, all I know, well, all I knew about them was that I used to get them muddled up with Twin Atlantic because they're also a rock band from Britain, I think. Yeah, they're yeah they're are they they're, rocky. They're they're rocky. They they are very Scottish. Um, very Scottish. And they are they've been getting progressively worse for the last seven or eight years. <laughs> oh shit! Really? <laughs> yeah, their second album, Free, I really really like, and everything they've done okay. since has been getting shitter and shitter and shitter. Well, that's that's good to know. Uh, but we're not here to talk about them. We're here to talk about Lower Than Atlantis. Yes. So, yeah. Okay, so neither of us knew anything about them. Were they... We, we often, even though we never know what bands are like, we also have preconceptions. Were they like what you thought they'd be? No, not at all. What were you expecting? I'd say similar to Ghost. I was expecting Heavy. I thought they were like like Metalcore, sort of like um, Architects, basically. I was expecting Architects. Right, okay, yeah. And I got pop punk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, had, had you found them like a few years before, you might have got where you were expecting. Yeah. Because it sounds like they've gone through one of the most drastic changes <laughs> in band history. Yes, I think so. I mean, they're gonna. I'm gonna liken them quite a lot to a day to remember in this episode, and I think they're quite a good okay. touchstone of that idea of like a band that was. And obviously, they kept that side of their music, whereas these guys yeah. seem to have lost it. But that yeah. idea of like the marriage of. The pop with the... The pop with the punk, as the they were. with the punk. Were. We should make a show. 
Sorry. What about you? Uh, yeah, I sort of expected them to be sort of rocky with a like probably like a mix between clean and screamed vocals. I think. Oh, okay. Uh, which is completely wrong, but <laughs> it's different to what you thought, I guess. Yeah. Um, so they formed in 2007. They're from Watford. Another thing I didn't... I thought they were American. Okay, yeah, exactly. And they were originally a hardcore punk band. Mm. Um, and they're basically sounding, by the sounds of it, with every album, they've just become more and more rock or pop rock or pop punk or however you want to call it, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And yeah, it's uh, sort of like one of those things. That I think this is their major label debut mm-hmm. um, in 2012. So it's yeah. five years after they formed... Um, they had previously recorded uh, two albums and an EP. Yeah. Um, by the sounds of it, and yeah, it just sort of sounds like they just got bigger and bigger sort of following. And Island Records said, "Yes, we're going to take a punt on them." Yeah. <laughs> what I thought was quite interesting was that around this time, this was their first headline tour ever. Yeah, I saw this. Which, like, I know obviously, you're not suddenly going to be like straight away doing Brixton or, or whatever yeah. but you'd think if you've done two albums and they've been getting a pretty good following you, you'd think you would have done some kind of headliner show even if it was just like a club night or a pub or, or something yeah yeah strange isn't it it is uh, so it, it didn't chart in America which I guess I was sort of expecting mm-hmm. to be saying um, what I wasn't expecting to be saying was that it got to number 25 in the UK charts no which seems like really high for this yeah it does yeah like i almost had to like double check that that was correct because i was like really surely not like yeah like before this i don't know they're, they're not one of those bands that you'd think would have been like slowly progressing up and like oh their last one got to 104 yeah. or something they just straight into 25 which is cool yeah um and then their albums since then have got to number 16 and 8 as well Oof. which is pretty good oh see if they hadn't split up they'd have got to zero but <laughs> zero on the charts. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, but yeah, you've uh, you've said it there. They split up in 2019, yeah. I believe. Is that correct? Yeah. So another one of those bands where we're we're getting to them a little bit late. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, guys. And it was supposed to. So it came out on October 1st. Um, it was supposed to come out on September the 10th of that year, uh, but it got it got delayed by some like just manufacturing issues. Oh, okay. Yeah. But by doing that, it meant that it avoided being released on the same day as a Bob Dylan album and a David Byrne album. So oh, okay. <laughs> not, that, not that it's necessarily the same audiences, but no. it's probably a, probably helps probably a wise thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe they wouldn't have got to 25 if they'd been on the same day as those guys. Yeah. So I couldn't really see any sales figures. No. Um, it's, not, it's not one of those types of albums. But I did see that it, it totally undersold what their major label guys expected them to yeah to get which i think is a little bit harsh i do as well like but weirder than that is that they after this album they then got signed to sony yeah yeah so, off the base of a, an underselling album yeah. like, how about you guys yeah we'll give them a go yeah straight yeah i saw the uh, the singer said like um they wanted us to be as popular as a pop band and it yeah. was just never gonna happen which yeah. is like it's true like they're a rock band yeah of course it's like not. set your expectations correctly guys. yeah exactly don't hire a band and then be like oh what yeah exactly you're, you're this type of man yeah um, do you want to do a lineup yeah sure so we have uh there are a little four piece so mike deuce uh, vocal mm. and guitar ben samson on the guitar as well eddie thrower on the drums and deck hart on the bass yes eddie is absolutely killing it on this album fucking hell 
Yeah, we're, he's, uh, he's MVP. a great drummer. MVP all the way, Jesus Christ. We'll yes. be talking about him oh, as we go goodness non-stop. Me. Can I also quickly say that the uh, producer, the guy that did the mixing and also played the piano on this album, mm. is called John Mitchell. And every time I've looked at him, I think he's Joni Mitchell. And I, yeah, so do I. And I'm like, like what? how did I get Joni Mitchell? <laughs> yeah, he's a, so he's a musician in his own right, Yeah, as well as being a producer. And he, he's worked with... A lot of bands, including one called Gandalf's Fist. <laughs> okay. And one called The Kite Experiment. One called Blind Ego. He's worked with a lot of bands that okay. I've never heard of. Yeah, but I think Gan- Gandalf's Fist need to go on our spreadsheet, regardless of genre. They probably should. What, what are they like? Gandalf's Fist. I'm going to reckon um, a folk metal band or something. They're from Cumbria. Oh. Uh, their music is influenced by 70s prog psychedelic rock. Well, makes sense. Uh, progressive rock, folk rock, progressive folk, and rock. Called it! So, <laughs> they've got an album called The Clockwork Fable, then one called The Clockwork Prologue, one Wait, called what? The Forest of Frey, and one called <laughs> A Life in the Day of a Universal Wanderer. Oh my god, this sounds very trippy. <laughs> this does. Let's do it. Uh, anyway, we're, we're getting very off topic today sometimes, aren't we? We are, yes. Um, so do you want to do a rundown? Was there anything else you wanted to say uh, before we do tracks and then jump in? No, I don't think so. Okay. Okay, this is the 12 tracks on the album. Uh, it's 33 minutes? Yeah, 37 like minutes, something like that. Pretty short album. So your prologue, Love Someone Else, Move Along, Wars With Words, Go On Strike, Scared of the Dark, Normally Strange, Something Better Came Along, PMA, Cool Kids, I Know a Song That Will Get On Your Nerves, and Showtime. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so should we kick off with Prologue? Seems like a good place to start, doesn't it? I reckon so. So it starts with a fading in acoustic guitar, and for some reason, just for this this intro alone, he sounds Mm. like Dallas Green. Yeah, I can hear that. And I was very confused when I first put it on, because... Yeah, I, I mean, it's not really fair that it set him up to sound like Dallas Green, and he certainly doesn't because not many people do. Um, no, and I mean he does have a nice voice. Yeah, he does, but not. I mean, not a Dallas nice voice. No, um, not a Dallas voice. So, like, I, I was just very confused at first because I thought, like, I think you're right. When I didn't know at all what I was going in, I thought, oh, maybe it's like, uh, maybe it'll be screamed and then Dallas. Maybe I'll have mm. the two, uh, the Alex on fire, but. Alas, no. But yeah, I love this intro. I, I actually really like this song. Like the, mm. it fades in really simple, and you just get like the whole lyric over like quite a simple. The drums kick in, and it's you know like a tom beat and the nice acoustic, and then it kicks in properly, and you get the classic pop punk whoa section. Uh, yeah. And then he repeats a few of the lines with the full band. It's like a, it's a weird song to start because it doesn't sound really like anything else on the album. No, it definitely feels like an intro, like a building yeah. intro, mm-hmm. but it's the length of a whole song. Yeah. So you can sort of imagine them coming out to this on stage and like eventually like getting into the full band part of it before kicking into a proper song but yeah i think it like tells the story of what's gonna come and definitely doesn't give all their tricks away in the first moment Mm -hmm. but it like it it does enough stuff that i don't know that there's something about that acoustic guitar but there's there's something that's sort of tinging it like making it slightly dark and Mm -hmm. uh there's like like an echoey vocal thing like it sounds like he's in another room yeah and like there's elements to it that make it sound like, okay, this isn't going to be like completely straight. Like there's going to be things about this. Yeah, absolutely. It also ends with a goddamn theremin. So that's, <laughs> that's strange. What's uh, what's the theremin? The noise that's like, woo! 
of that thing. Oh, you know, yeah. The instrument. Does, yeah. So apparently, normally, you know, you know, they look like, like the metal pole and it's like yep. done by magnets. Apparently, they yep. didn't have one of those. So it's just an app, a theremin app on somebody's phone. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not as good as Newton Faulkner, who did it with his mouth on his debut album because he couldn't afford one either. So He did it with his mouth? Yeah. If you listen to the song UFO on Newton Faulkner's debut album, there's yeah. a, like a theremin break in the middle. And it's actually just him going, Ooh, like he's really good at doing it with his mouth. And he just wow. does it with his mouth. Yeah, it's amazing. That's impressive. It is. Okay, and then we get into the first like proper song, which mm-hmm. is "Love Someone Else." Yeah, and it's proper like proper pop rock, like what exactly what you'd expect. Just like because that snare, just like yeah, like smashing it. Yeah, it's like pretty. Like now that you know that this is the kind of band that they are. Yeah, it's like okay, this is this is exactly what I expect now. Yeah, you settle in very quickly, don't you? It's like yeah, exactly. I'm safe with this pop punk album. Um, yeah. Here, here I come for eleven more pop punk songs. Yeah, it's got exactly. Um, it's got like the I know they're not pop punk, but that gaslight anthem, like high picking guitar. You know, one of them is playing chords yeah. and one of them is giving it the ring a ding a ding. Yeah. Like we've already said it, but like Eddie is genuinely MVP all the way through this album because yeah, not that pop punk drummers aren't normally good, but he is like you know when they're playing quite straightforward stuff, he is not. No, exactly. Well, that's the thing. Like pop punk drummers are usually pretty good because they yeah. they have to be so fast. Like think about like travis barker oh, like yeah. i mean i know he's an anomaly but yeah <laughs> like most pop punk drummers are decent drummers but it's it's generally that they can play that beat super fast mm-hmm. whereas he is just doing all sorts of things all sorts of fills insanely quickly yeah just playing on what he's playing it's just he's doing amazing stuff he really is throughout. yeah he's got a bit of like the brown like yeah. that that in him you know like Super yeah, quick does. hands that just sort of come out of nowhere. Uh, what we need to talk about up top, and this is one of the reasons I mentioned A Day to Remember very early, mm. is that I think a lot of the lyrical content falls into what I now call the A Day to Remember trap. Sure. Which is the the woe is me, the hard done to, either in love or, as in the case in a few of these songs, in being a, in a band. <laughs> like, okay. Do you, remember, do you remember how a lot of A Day to Remember was like, we should be more famous yeah yeah there's a few of them on this album i have actually in my notes for this song i shit you not i have written about the lyrics and i've actually used the words it's not woe is me (laughs) (laughs) because i feel like a lot of pop punk is as as we've talked about and a lot of it's just like heartbreak and teenage angst and stuff yeah and those sorts of themes do run through this album but it feels like every time that they're talking about it, he's got like this other approach to it in my head. Okay. Like this sort of other perspective on things. And like a lot of the time he's talking about like really positive messages and things. And it's just like with, with this, it's like, you know, it's about a breakup, I guess. <laughs> but the way he's wording it is like, I can't remember exactly what he says, but like he says like, hate me for being me, go love someone else or something like that. And I just mm-hmm. feel like that's just sort of like a, I don't know, he's not like, Oh, she she doesn't love me, sort of thing. That's just like a you know, I'm getting on with my stuff. I don't care. I'm getting straight back into it. I don't know. There's something about his perspective that I, I kind of enjoy. Lyrically. Okay. What about the line? But why? I'm not your average guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you, you may have uh, you may have got me there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, we'll talk about it. Like I said, I agree with you because, like, when I don't like it. It's like really glaring, but then mm-hmm. the rest of the time I'm like, oh yeah, there, like there's some really cool lines in it, like here and there. And like he's, I do agree that he's got a good perspective and a good way with words around what he wants to talk about. Considering it is basically yeah. just like you say, eleven 
like sort of love lawn songs or whatever yeah but yeah or I 10 think... and, and one about the dark yeah <laughs> true yeah but uh maybe it's just that maybe it's the fact that it's like he's capable so then when he falls into yeah. the trap maybe that's why it stands out yeah. so much should we jump on to move along let's do it yeah it, it feels very sort of like singly single yeah. sort of territory that's the thing with like pop punk sorry is that yeah they all feel like singles yeah well i mean yeah but is that a bad thing i don't know no, no absolutely not thing? no i'm just it's so listenable like even on first time through i'm like oh yeah i can get on board with this like yeah it's just pop it's up. got that sort of like bouncy newfound glory sort of feel about it yeah there's also uh there's a band who also split up uh called moose blood who are from kent i think they're from canterbury who i saw support Fightstar, and i was really into them for a little bit and they're sort of like I'm not sure you'd like them because they're very, like, miserable, like, moaning about stuff. But, like, with a slight, like, downside pop-punk music to them. Okay. And I really liked them for, like, a a very intense, like, few months. Yeah. I don't know how I'd get on with them now. But uh, there's something about this band that's sort of like them, I guess. Because it's, like, pop-punk ideas, but there's something, like, a little bit down-tuned or a little bit sort of saddening or like eerie about the music rather than just being like like even though it is sometimes like that it's also got like another side to it okay well that might be worth yeah worth a listen yeah sure i mean i don't mind like just because i i feel like a lot of like pop punk is quite like love lost doubt like fallout boy a lot of their songs are just like love songs or whatever but like pete wentz in my opinion is such a great lyricist that it negates, and obviously Patrick Stump has an amazing voice. Yeah. It kind of negates it, you know what I mean? Like, I don't mind listening to it when it's clever, but... Yeah. But, like, the thing with The Day to Remember was that it was literally just, like, a guy going... Meh. Yeah. I think, yeah, I guess if you've got, like, a USP, like, Pete's strange way with words or, yeah. like, Blink's comedy... Yeah. Then you can sort of get away with it always being breakup songs. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But, yeah, I think I think there's something generally quite interesting about these guys. Um, also, I saw that in, in a few things that... They are like really influenced by Foo Fighters. Okay. Which I feel like that comes across a lot in the bridge in this song. But okay. generally, I couldn't really hear it a lot on the album. No, if I don't think I would ever have thought that if you'd said like, guess who these guys were influenced by? I would never ever. No, exactly. No, there's, there's apparently a lot of Foo Fighters and a lot of Smashing Pumpkins. And there's like one moment for each of those bands where I can be like, ah, maybe if yeah. like, now that I know, maybe yeah. I can hear it. But not generally. No. Okay. Um, anything more to say about this, or should we jump on to Wars with Words? Uh, we can go Wars with Words if you want. Sure. I mean, it's got. I think this is going to be quite a short episode, Kyle. I mean, it's a short album. What are you meant to do about it? It's true. It's true. Um, yeah. Okay. What were you going to say? Just I love the the chord, whatever that chord is that starts this song, is just hideous. It is. Yeah. And I'm a bit. I'm a big fan of it. I love a horrible chord. Yeah. I mean, this is like one of the rare moments on the album when you sort of get reminded that they used to be a hardcore punk band yeah because uh, this is like this is proper like gallows territory this this chord is like really like sharp and horrible and mm. yeah i mean this whole song is very punk it's like 90 seconds long yeah it's one of the heavier i guess but it's still like they still produce these massively like bouncy choruses which aren't yeah. that poppy but they're just like danceable rock if you know what i mean yeah also, the lyrics in this song are so strange, is what I was going to say. It's a song about yeah. not being able to write songs. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, so, it's just so weird to read it while he's singing it in the middle of an album. And it's about, like, yeah, how he's having a hard time writing a song, but he's literally writing a song. Like, what is he talking about? I feel like we've, I feel like someone else has done that on yeah. this show before. We've had a song about how hard it is to write songs. Yeah. Was it a day probably to remember? Probably a day to remember. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. 
how hard it is like writing songs on your stacks of million dollars yeah exactly oh having to tour the world being away from florida for a few months oh no so hard um so this song it uh in the chorus uh sorry in the verses like he's giving it a lot of like gusto in Mm -hmm. in the verse but you can tell he's still sort of holding back and i really want to just like hear him let rip and like go proper raspy i bet he's got an amazing shout yeah but he just he doesn't do it and i I guess that because they're becoming like more mellow, you know, it's understandable, but I just really wish that he did. Yeah, it comes out a yeah. bit, isn't it? There's a couple of bits like the end of a line every now and then where he'll just about turn it on and then and then stop. Yeah. And I, yeah, I agree with you. I do love though, uh, it's not very often that you hear someone say, and I'm fucking knackered in a song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it in songs when that people are just like really like sort of everyday blunt. Yeah. Just like that that's not yeah. a lyric. Not poetic great. in any way. Just like, oh no. fuck, I'm fucking knackered. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There there is something very English about them, isn't there? So like, English. I love his like proper English accent when yeah. he's singing. And again, considering I thought they were American and I was ready for like a metalcore American band, I was not yeah. just, just the so the opposite of what my brain was expecting. Yeah, that's true. Um the, the last thing about this song is that the in the bridge it feels like it's really like overproduced. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if that like there's just a couple of moments on the album where it feels like like you can tell that they've suddenly got onto a major label. Right. Because like there's maybe like more work on done on something that than it sort of needs. Okay. But but it's like, well, we've you know, we've we can now, so yeah. why shouldn't we? <laughs> we it's have like, the well, money and the time. Sh- sh- shouldn't always. Yeah. Uh, and I think like maybe the bridge on this is like just one of those moments where it's like too much work does exist. Like yeah. you can just leave stuff it doesn't have to be, I don't know, lots of money doesn't necessarily mean the best stuff. No, absolutely. You heard it here first. Well, do you know what, Carl? I'm going to go on strike. Oh! Dun, dun, dun. Do you like this song? Yeah, I do like this song. Yeah, I really like this song. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got a great tempo, like it's really fun and sort of uplifting. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess he's basically saying, like, I've had enough of having a day job. Like, Yeah. Like, it, it's sort of the, I don't know, the, maybe the precursor to a day to remember, where it's like... Yeah he's sort of ready to be in the band full time. Like, I don't know. It just has like a, a fun feeling. I think because like, also like we're both people who are like trying to follow like these creative endeavors as well. Like we've both been in positions where we've had those part-time jobs and then like we've left them and, and stuff like that. Like it, it sort of struck a chord with me. It was quite nice. And it's got again, one of those clever pop punk lines that I love, which is the, the start of the second verse, I guess, or right towards the end mm-hmm. where he says, uh, they say it's character building, but I'm 10 feet tall. I, lo- I love yeah. that. It's sort of wordplay. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah. Like some, I think sometimes that sort of stuff can be really silly. Not silly, but like annoying maybe. Like if bands like overdo that sort of thing. Yeah. Like I really like that. They, I think it was, I may have even mentioned this before, like All Time Low used to do it like so much. Right. And it was just like, you're infuriating. Just just say something. Like, not everything has to be a, like a simile. Yeah. <laughs> like, they obviously, like, they just, like, took Pete Wentz's playbook and just, like, sent it to, like, 11. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, it was a little bit too much. Also, th- this song is, like, the exact kind of... So, like, when I first moved to Brighton, I was living in a house share. I don't know if you ever came there, but I was living in a flat share, and the guy in the room next to me had a drum kit and a guitar, and then the Ooh. guy downstairs had a bass. And then obviously I had my guitar. So then we used to just like play all the time. And basically this song is like the exact type of music we used to play right. and write as well. 
So it was just like listening to this, it was like, oh, I love the subject matter. It feels like I've just moved back to Brighton. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was just, just everything about this song just sort of feels, feels fun. and feels mm. like kind of like for me, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a good one. It is. And it's got like, just quickly, it's got a strange bit at the end that doesn't really happen again where there's like a little trade-off, like lead line, not like solo, but there's like a yeah. left melody, right melody, left melody. And it's, I just yeah. wonder why they didn't do that more. It's quite cool. Yeah, I know. It's strange, isn't it? It is. And then, Rich, then we get to what I assume is contractual at this point, that every pop punk <laughs> band must do an acoustic song with a female vocalist. I guess so. Like... Because guess who did it before? <laughs> day to remember. Yeah, they surely did. I feel like you probably really like this song. It's it's not one of my favourites, actually. Like, I don't mind it. That's oh, okay. the thing. The album's so listenable that, you know, like, it's not, mm. it's not, it doesn't turn me off or anything. But it's all right. Like, it's just... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's got, again, it's got a lovely melody. I kind of, I do quite like that it's acoustic and that it never, like, kicks in properly. You know what I mean? Like, it's all, yeah. it's all quite low-key. It doesn't do the two verses in a chorus... Full band for the Full big band. chorus. Yeah. I mean, that, like, that's you know. sort of like it, what you would expect. It, like, it, that's a little bit cliche by this point, I guess. Yeah. So I'm glad it doesn't go down that route. But yeah, like it's it's mm-hmm. just a cool little a cool little song. Like, how do you feel about it? Do you hate it? No, I don't hate it. Um, yeah. I think it's kind of an interesting thing to put in the middle of the album. Um, it's like lyrically quite interesting. Just like you know, you got, you got this whole song of like sort of growing up and angst and heartbreak and stuff and then a song right in the middle which is acoustic him saying oh I'm scared of the dark yeah. just like literally talking about that but like in a very like childish point of view like talking mm-hmm. about the monsters under your bed and, and stuff like that but then also mixing that with like like the first line and last line is mankind is afraid of the unknown which is yeah. like a massive statement and yeah. then you're talking about the minutiae of like a, a monster under your bed and in your cupboard like yeah that's quite interesting isn't it it's strange having like you say that book ended like genuine you know i guess like statement and yeah. when right in the middle of the song he says fear surrounds me like an army of ninja ghosts yeah exactly yeah <laughs> it's a weird little sandwich a weird little word sandwich you've got going on there. it is yeah but it's fun yeah um but then this does something again which a lot of the songs on this album do like it ends with like 20 seconds of silence mm-hmm. I, I mean i don't know the album is short and I mean, it, it sort of should have been shorter. Yeah, it should have. <laughs> Bizarre. Do you like the song "Normally Strange"? With yeah. Its, like heavy-ish riff. It's yeah. I mean, it's heavier than we've yeah. had sort of so far. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think this this song's cool because, especially because it comes out of an acoustic song, and then you get into one of the more punky, heavier songs on the album. Mm-hmm. It's it's a like I don't know. Maybe that's a really obvious thing to do to go from one to the other, but. It's uh, it's quite a nice shift of pace. Yeah, absolutely. it definitely doesn't fall into that trap of like everything feeling the same. I do love this. Also, has a fucking sick outro when it drops to that huge riff where it's just the bass. Yeah, and then everything yeah. kicks in. That is great. Yeah, love this breakdown. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, I said uh, gives us time with Deck on his choppy chunky bass. So I don't really know <laughs> what I mean by choppy and chunky, but I guess it sort of is. It, it works. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it, like when it's fading out, there's a whammy pedal. Yeah. Like in the fade out, it hasn't occurred in the, any of the album mm. actually in the songs, but he does it in the out. Yeah. So strange. Yeah, I don't know why he did it. No. Um, something better came along. Sort of feels oh, like a, a classic sort of radio single, doesn't it? It's yeah. like you know you've had your acoustic, you've had your heavy. Now we're gonna go single time. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's, it's quite like 
very I don't know maybe they've found like a template for tracking a pop punk album I guess yeah like the um it's got like it's so radio even that it kicks in for like one bar of every mm. of the whole band and then instantly drops down to the the verse of yeah. like just bass and drums and arpeggio picking like it's like look we know yeah. we, we've got to do a full band intro but it's on the radio so we've got precisely <laughs> five seconds yeah that's true and it's sort of uh i think this song sounds like more like the killers or kaiser chiefs than mm-hmm. anything else like it's it's very sort of like indie rock as opposed to pop rock punk whatever you yeah. want to call them particularly the chorus kicks in and it's like it's you know it's your big strummy stuff but he's doing like he's doing like four on the floor like he's got that proper yeah. which is a very indie you know kind of like dancey feel yeah. isn't it of just like constant constant bass drum which is such strange because yeah. every other chorus so far has just been big chords and either really fast or big and washy yeah. and then he's just giving it this disco fucking feel yeah what is uh just talking of that uh what does four on the floor mean what does that refer to? So it's it's a disco thing, which is that in disco right. music, the four on the floor is that you play a bass drum and every beat instead of normally you would miss out. You know, you don't play a bass drum and a snare drum. One, snare gotcha. drum. Two, snare drum. With disco, it's duh, 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 duh. Uh, so I see. called four on the floor. Because one of the, uh, the drum kit uh, presets on GarageBand is called four on the floor. And I just sort of assumed it meant like it was a heavy kit because it had like four floor-based drums maybe. Got you. No, it's it's but, probably disco no. sounding, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, sort of the opposite of what I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sorry. So yeah, like it has that like really sort of like poppy indie sort of feel. Mm-hmm. And then it has like in the like in the in this world, it has a really like crushingly heavy breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not at all in the grand scheme of things, but within this album it's just like holy shit, where did that come yeah. from? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, and then another weird gap at the end of the song. I don't know why they keep doing this. No, another do I. It's so it's such a strange sequencing idea to just sometimes songs sort of stop and then a weird like and then a new song starts and sometimes it's just like dead silence. One of them has a pub ending, yeah. like yeah, all over the shop. Yeah, strange stuff. Uh, PMA, Kyle. Do you know what PMA means? Speaking of MX from our last episode, what does it mean? Positive mental attitude. Ah, okay. Because I typed in PMA and it did it, it, it didn't help. <laughs> I did it not. No, when I, I'll, try, I'll try it again. Let's find out. It's uh, the PMA Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what they're thinking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, or it's a membership organization for agents who represent actors. <laughs> ah, I don't think that's what they're thinking about. No, I, I think he's think it's positive mental attitude. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Which is uh, ironically a term that was uh, really sort of popularized by Bad Brains and the hardcore punk scene in Washington oh. which is why it's interesting that it's coming back here because if these guys came from that sort of world maybe mm. they were influenced by them I don't know but yeah I think it was like a thing that they did because obviously like they're playing like really heavy music but it was all coming from like a really open progressive positive sort of place and talking yeah. about positivity and things rather than anything else and yeah and it sort of does that like it's a kind of cool pop punky song but it uh you know it's just a just really upbeat and sort yeah. of happy and just like we should all be friends sort of thing yeah that's the thing about pop punk isn't it like you, it's nice <laughs> yeah exactly it's yeah, nice, to, hear nice someone... to each other yeah <laughs> yeah we've got rob oh. flynn and uh phil anselmo beating us up yeah. this week <laughs> yeah it's nice i can finally smile yeah exactly yeah um although it's kind of strange because like a lot of this song 
feels like he didn't actually write a song. He's just like saying things that he wanted to say. Like yeah. none of it fits a tempo or like a rhyming pattern or anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like saying stuff about things. Train of thought, positivity. Yeah, exactly. Uh, cool kids. Yes. Kyle, the cool kids come in to town. Is that what he said? No, cool kids coming out. Where are the cool kids? Uh, oh, you mean the they're coming out? Like, yeah. What? I've lost my mind, Rich. Yes, you I have. So have I. I think. I think this is a really fun song. Again, it's it's nothing serious. I've written down some of the lyrics because it's just sort of amusing. Lay them on me. Uh, he says, "Pre-drinking wine with my best friends. I've never liked it much, but it's cool. Okay, I'm getting cooler every day. We're listening to '90s bands." If the singer's not dead, it's not good. We're all confused and misunderstood. Like, it just sort of, like, sounds like they're having a great time. Like, there's no point being mean about them. Like, yep. they're just having fun. They're not They're not causing any harm. Yeah, I'm a particularly big fan of the verse before that, which is, seen them live five times, only heard of them last night. What do they sound like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So good. Yeah, I guess it's just a, a song about, like, trying to fit in and trying to pretend you're cooler than you are did you know it was um just looking at the screen here it was mixed by Joni mitchell <laughs> <laughs> was it really yeah as was the whole album oh my god then the, f- the next verse is my glasses made me look smart lenses made of glass coolest guy in class there's this coffee place i go here we go here we go do it cafe mocha latticino ciao bambino <laughs> oh, i'm so proud of you <laughs> i mean who can't love that <laughs> jesus christ it's so silly but it's just like I don't know, they're not taking themselves very seriously. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, we, we've had a lot of, like, really intense, serious, like, this is about war. Yeah. <laughs> and it's nice to just hear people being like, I don't care, I'm going to make up a coffee name. Yeah, <laughs> and a good one at that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, is this a song that will get on your nerves, Kyle? I mean, I don't, I'm not that big a fan of this one, I'll be honest with you. No. Um, I don't really like the lyrics. This is one where the lyrics really do piss me off. Yeah. I like... I quite the verse is pretty cool because it's just like quite quick chugs and Eddie is just fucking killing it as always, which is always mm. a pleasure. But yeah, I just considering it's only two minutes forty five, it's like I could do without it. <laughs> yeah, it's quite quite album tracky and yeah. as you say, it does have like quite a negative attitude, which just yeah. feels odd. Like especially in song eleven out of twelve, when the yeah. whole album has been so like just fun. It's it's strange to hear him like talking about like negative stuff. Yeah, it's a bit sort of like, I mean, not quite vitriolic, but that's like, it feels quite personal. Like he really is mad about, you mm. know what I mean? Like not just sort yeah. of the, the throwaway love love loss sort of stuff. It genuinely feels yeah. like there is someone on the receiving end of what he's saying. Definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, and it just sort of lacks a bit of dynamism as yeah. well. Yeah. Like it, it's got those like vocal stabs in the second verse. Like, I don't know, like some of, the, some of the bits to it just don't necessarily feel... Then it's not that interesting. The but going between the verse and the chorus is actually really hard to differentiate, like because it all feels like on sort of one level as mm-hmm. well. So it just feels like a big, big old section. Yeah. Um. And then like the bridge doesn't really go anywhere. No. So kind of a strange little song. It is a strange little song. Uh. But then showtime starts with one of the greatest drum beats I've ever fucking heard in my life. Oh, that fast kick drum. Like fucking hell, it's incredible. That's so good. It's amazing. Yeah. And then the, the guitar in the verse is like, I've written that it sounds like it's tripping over itself. I don't know if it's delay or something, but it's doing like a do 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 Like it just sounds like, it's like cascading. It's fucking cool. Especially like when over the top of him doing that drum beat, like everything is just like tumbling down the stairs. Yeah. It's so cool. 
yeah, it's great. It's it's a very cool song, mm. and it also sounds like, like I don't know, like a lot of this album sounds like really fun stuff to play. Like none of it would be, like not that this is a, not that I'm being mean to Ben, but like none of it would be that hard. Yeah, it just sounds like really fun and just just be like, yeah, we're just gonna play this for half an hour. It's gonna yeah. be a good time. Like it doesn't sound like you'd be having to just like really focus on like trying to get the riff for Halo like five times in a row. <laughs> yeah, while singing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's like some really fast like pulling offs going on in, in a riff in this, and it sort of almost sounds like he's doing some tapping, but I don't really know what he's doing. I don't think he's doing any tapping. But... No, I don't think so. And then ends with a reversed fade out, which is how the album starts. Yeah. But then it doesn't end with it because it has that and then has a load of silence before yeah. getting. So even if you looped it, it's not like you'd hear that and then hear that again yeah. because on both ends of it there's silence. It's very strange. Very strange indeed. But then, Rich, yes, the album's over. How do you feel oh, about it? I thought it? you were going to say there's a different track. <laughs> there is. Ha-ha. Two weeks in a row. Um, well, I think, I, as I say, like, I didn't know, really know what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And then, like, literally 30 seconds into the first song, you sort of understand exactly what you're going to get. Yeah. And I just had a really good, fun time listening to this album. Like, straight away in the first one you're just like yeah this is cool i could get into these songs and it hasn't really changed like it's it's been a lot of fun it hasn't felt like a slog to listen to this album which has probably helped because it's it it's so short but also like there's nothing like plodding there's nothing sort of too like over the top about it it's just like good time pop rock and we haven't had a lot of that for a while and yeah i just had a good time so i am going to say Yes to this album. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, and also, yeah, we've said it before, but Eddie is a great drummer. God, he is. So, so good. Yeah. Jesus. And Mike has got a great voice. So, mm-hmm. um, what are you saying about this album? I'm, I'm following you right there, Rich. I, yeah. I, I mean, it's just a lot of fun. Like, it's just hard. Yeah. There's just something about a good, like, pop punk album that's just like, you stick it on, you have a great time. It's like half an hour long. Yeah. And that's that. You know what I mean? There's nothing to complain about. Like, no, it's not the greatest album ever written, but it's a joy. Like, and like you say, we've had so much misery, like in the past. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, since season two started, either because we've managed to find loads of albums about the bloody Iraq war, or <laughs> we've just been listening to like really heavy metal and stuff. It feels like ghost. It yeah. feels like that sort of the thing yeah, where you're exactly, just having, yeah. you're having a great time. And it's not like a, I don't have to think too much. I don't have to like be focused. Uh, and yeah, I agree with you. Like Eddie is unbelievable. Mike's got a great voice. It's cool. Mm. It's going in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Do you know whose Hall of Fame it's not going in, Kyle? Uh, Joni Mitchell's. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd have to ask her to find out, but uh, I would assume not. Uh, no, the uh, the NME, Kyle, were not a fan of this album. Oh! Uh, a potentially great record that ended up plodding and unremarkable, is what oh. they said. Worse still, its bluster and sheen ends up burying the barbed poetry of frontman Mike Deuce, who's previously showed himself to be a witty lyricist, a complete miss opportunity. Yeah, and uh, also the BBC gave it a very scathing review as well. <laughs> oh, not the BBC. What did they yeah, say? BBC Music. Well, it's slightly longer review, so I won't read the whole thing. Um, every song arrives coated with a thick, glossy production sheen, brick-walled into oblivion. The overriding tone of this album is almost white noise bereft of any personality or invention. The lyrics that do find a way out of the cacophony either revolve around tired turns of phrase or lingering teenage angst, occasionally both. Uh, The pacing of the track listing is cliched. 
Uh, they go out the same way they came in with loud guitars, blazing amorphous riffs and no lines that bear repeating. Great lyrics tell stories, paint pictures are often some observation that captures the imagination. The ones here hang in the air like a stale mist. Jesus Christ. There's a chance that there might be something, there might be enough here for some people to like changing tune, but it seems a remote possibility that anyone could fall in love with these songs. They're too bland, too safe and too boring. Uh oh. Jesus, like <laughs> why why be so harsh about a band that's like doing nothing wrong? Christ alive, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Like they're not I just don't understand the point of being that harsh on a band who's just made their major label thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just a pop punk. Just have a bit Although of Although I I was probably that harsh about Alien Ant Farm. So Yeah. But I'm not writing for the BBC. I'm I'm just a guy on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um okay, so what three songs have you picked? I have picked Prologue, Wars with Words, and Go on Strike. Aha. Okay. Well, I've picked Go on Strike, Normally Strange, and Cool Kids. Okay. Well, Go on Strike's <laughs> going on the playlist. Definitely Go on Strike. Uh, and then one of the other four. Uh, what are your? What, what What do you prefer out of Prologue and Wars with Words? Uh, prologue. Okay. Why? What's What's your fight for it, Kyle? It's, it's, it's better. <laughs> why should Why should that song go on the playlist? Because I know oh, we need we need three. We need three. Yeah. So you need to pick one so of you... your two, and I need to pick, and I pick Prologue. Oh, fine. I thought we were gonna have to How fight it out. How dare you, fucking <laughs> Just challenging me to decide. Why? Why does your opinion have to stay? <laughs> uh, clarify your opinion against your own opinion. Exactly. Okay, so you're picking prologue. I am. I think it's. Uh, uh, to, if you want me to justify it, it's because I think it doesn't sound like anything else on the album, and it's uh, really cool. cool. Yeah, it's, it's probably true. I'm going to pick normally strange because okay. it gives you a nice little insight to their heavier past, uh, with still being sort of bouncy and rocky. Lovely. We did it. Prologue. Normally strange. Go on strike. Correct. Lovely stuff. Okay. Uh, what are we doing next week, Kyle? So we're back to the old pre-programmed because we couldn't possibly let ourselves use the random number generator for more than two episodes in a row in this fucking well, season. Yeah. We, it's Christmas, Rich. <laughs> Woo! I mean, the time of record, it's, it's the 17th of November, but by the time this comes out, it'll be Christmas. Yes, so, it certainly will. Much like last year, we have put together a little... Uh, Christmas playlist. This year, you had the great idea of using bands that we have listened to in the season. Mm. So it's pretty much entirely derived from artists who we have done episodes about since last Christmas. It's 12 tracks, seven of which are on Spotify. So we will, you know, put a link out probably before this episode goes live so that you can listen along. The others we're going to have to find on YouTube because, you know, they're, I guess, quite strange. Yeah. And yeah, we're just going to do like we did last year, a fun Christmas episode where we're going to listen to 12 Christmas tracks and then see if they're not all shit <laughs> i mean yeah last last year was pretty chaotic yeah uh, there was some great stuff there was some terrible stuff there yeah. was some surprise almost favorite new bands there was it sort of had everything last year didn't it it did so, uh, it was a roller coaster it was uh so we're gonna see how silly it can get again this year surely um, are and in the meantime how can people get in touch with us we are on Twitter and Instagram at Chew the Metal. You can drop us an email, chewthemetal at gmail.com if you want to agree, disagree, tell us uh, we should be listening to certain albums, tell us we're shit. Uh, you know, do whatever you like. Maybe not that last one. Um, if you also <laughs> don't mind going on Apple Podcasts, it's currently the only platform where you can rate and review a podcast. So if you can give us a, a little five-star rating and a review, that'll really help us out going forwards. It certainly would. Uh, well, that has been Changing Tune by Lower Than Atlantis. We're going to go get all Christmassy for a week and we shall see you then. Thank you.
Goodbye. Bye! I am recording as well. Woo! Three, two, one. <laughs> Three, two, one. Wonderful. Uh, that was quite the reaction, Kyle. That's probably the sting of this episode. Yep. Done. Um, my iPad is on 10%, and I don't think that's going to get us through this episode. So Uh-oh. I'm just going to go get my charger. All right, bye. And he's gone. I can see some curtains. Oh, he's back. I thought that was a window. That was actually the curtains through to the next room. What a shock. It looked like he had a tape measure. I assume it's his charger. He said it was a charger. It would be mad if he brought back a tape measure. Oh, oh I can't hear you. Anything you're saying. <laughs> and he can't hear me. I couldn't hear anything you were saying then. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing the edit on this one, so I'll never know. <laughs>